Hello and welcome again to the Human Nutrition and Lifestyle Podcast. I hope you're ready for today's episode as today is about carbohydrates, especially refined and processed carbs. So let's hit it head on. What is a carbohydrate? Well, carbs are the simplest, in the simplest terms, of sugars. Uh, alone, they have absolutely no nutri- nutritional value. That's nothing. Nil. Yep, so emphasising that carbohydrates have no nutritional value. There are no micronutrients in sugar. Now, micronutrients are your vitamins and your minerals, much that are essential to our human bodies. Uh, Vitamin C is indeed one vitamin we cannot live without. We have evolved to make sure that we get this through our diet. Uh, We need it every single day and we cannot live without it. But other things that you may have heard of are things like riboflavin, niacin, thiamine, folic acid, iron, sodium. You know, the list goes further with all the vitamins, the vitamin Bs, vitamin B12, vitamin Ks, vitamin E, vitamin A, and at the moment, the star of the show being vitamin D, which is obviously essential to fight off diseases and infections, as is proving the star of the show at the moment with the COVID pandemic. If you have high levels of vitamin D in your body, then there is yet to be anybody, anybody infected with the virus who has been taken into intensive care. There has been a recent study out to show that there has been nobody with a high level or sufficient levels of vitamin D, especially vitamin D3, in their body at the moment who has suffered by going in intensive care from the COVID virus. So vitamin D at the moment is one of the essential vitamins that you really need to be getting into your body. I'll pop a link up of this study on um, the show notes and also um, just to mention that we now have a Facebook group called Human Nutrition and Lifestyle. If you'd like to join that Facebook group, you can. I will post um, studies and the latest science and all sorts of articles on there that you can read uh, along with pictures and recipes as well. I'll post recipes as we go along, things that can help you. We also have an Instagram account, so if you want to find us on Instagram for pictures and things like that, then uh, that's Human Nutrition Lifestyle. Uh, Just find us on Instagram, okay? So going back to it, all those vitamins and all those minerals that I just mentioned, none of them can be obtained from sugar, not one. At this point, though, we should acknowledge that sugar does occur naturally in things like fruit, veg, and honey. However, these are whole foods. They're not purely refined nor processed, meaning that they offer more than just sugar alone. The fiber content of real whole foods acts as a great vehicle for those nutrients to be of benefit to ourselves. Refined and processed foods lose their fiber and they lose their nutrients and become pure sugar, or in most cases with fruit, fructose, which is again just a sugar. It has no nutritional value. Most things in foods that end O-S-E, as in O-S, are sugars. Things like dextrose, glucose, fructose. They are all sugars, all types of sugar. There are others as well that that are in there that I can't think of the top of my head at the moment. But generally, if it ends in O-S-E, 
it is a sugar. In fact, fructose is one of the more lethal ones, to be honest. It is very harmful to the liver. Just as harmful to the liver as alcohol is. It can cause fatty liver disease. And due to our body's inability to process it on its own, it's a major, major factor. The bottom line here is eat your fruit, do not drink it, especially not a mass-produced, refined, marketed-to-death health gimmick, pretending it is something that is good for you. The sad point is that most of these health gimmicks, in inverted commas, you can't see me doing the air quotes, but I am doing the air quotes, health gimmicks, is that they are aimed at our children. They are fancy packaging things that attract our children and you are giving them fruit juice, which you think is good for them. In fact, it is not. It is refined sugar. All the nutrients have been taken out of it and it is pure fructose. Very, very bad for the liver. Now, I'm simplifying carbohydrates here to sugar because that's how our body uses it. It converts it into glucose. This, this happens through the Krebs cycle and converts all the energy into ATP, which our muscles use. However, this process is exactly the same with fat. Most people don't realize that fat has to go through the same process, the same Krebs cycle, the same process to make energy that glucose does. Adenosine triphosphate is ATP, which is then transferred into energy using the mitochondria. The mitochondria are the little energy cells in our muscles and our whole body that convert the ATP into energy so that we can use it. So you see here that the argument for carbs to be consumed for fuel is somewhat flawed. Fat already has that job covered. Protein can also step into the fuel-making process in emergencies. So what are carbs for again? If most processed and refined carbs are not nutrient-dense, they have no vitamins, they have no minerals, they are not needed for energy, then why do we bother with these foods? They should not exist in our diet. The fat and the protein that we eat are the most nutrient-dense food. They're the ones that give us the vitamins. They're the ones that give us the minerals. So why are we consuming carbohydrates? This is a great question, and it does have an answer. Carbohydrates are a very fast and quick-burning form of energy when it is required. Once we have consumed them, the body will do its best to turn the glucose, which we don't immediately need, into glycogen. Now, glycogen is simply just stored glucose and is stored in the liver and it's also stored in the muscles, in the muscle fibres. Uh, for 90% of people, our own body will not require any carbohydrates from food as it is so efficient at replenishing its own stores of glycogen, given enough time. However, the 10% of people out there who are generally elite or, or top-level endurance athletes putting in moderate to intense exercise more than once a day or even four to six times a week, then they will not give their bodies time to replenish the glycogen and they'll be constantly depleting their stars. This is where things like periodic training and a correctly drawn up training plan will benefit these individuals who are constantly dipping into glycogen stars. But constantly dipping into glycogen stars means you'll have to replenish these stars 
um, with think with real carbohydrates, you know, real food carbohydrates, not the refined and processed things we were talking about. Or to get adequate rest. If you get adequate rest in your training plan, then your body will take care of itself and will replenish these stores for you. I hope to elaborate more on the exercise and training aspect of nutrition in later episodes. But as I say, for 90% of people, which does actually include your amateur athlete and your recreational athlete, your weekend warrior, things like that, carbohydrates are not needed as readily as believed. If we train our bodies to eat an optimum human nutrition, it has it covered. If you manage to think about that for a moment in terms of our ancestral past, our ancestors were most certainly not sitting around or sedentary most days. They were constantly on the move. They were running, walking, climbing, sprinting, fighting, hunting, foraging. They were able to do all this without a carb-rich diet and without having to replenish their stores and often going without any food at all. So trust me when I say our bodies are a very unique machine and they will, it will reward you if you treat it right. The shocking truth is that carbohydrates now make up 60 to 80% of most our modern diets. Due to bad science influences, bad studies and plenty of marketing. In today's world, everything's about money. If they can market it and make money, they will. Without selling sugar, half, if not most, of the companies would go bust. Carbohydrates in processed forms are highly addictive, as to go as far as to say that sugar is actually like a drug. And just like all drugs, it keeps you coming back for more. This is what these sugar companies know. There was a recent study in mice that uh, showed this, you know, showed that sugar was so addictive. What they did was they had a number of mice. They offered them cocaine and sugar. Now, initially, all the mice chose both. They went for both, um, had a bit of cocaine, had a bit of sugar. Eventually, all of the mice were addicted to the sugar. They kept coming back again and again and again. They didn't touch the cocaine after so many times and they all went for the sugar. So I'm making carbohydrates the big villain here. And there is no doubt our ancestors did have some carbohydrates in their nutrition. However, these were real food carbohydrates from fruit and honey. And only very seasonal as well at that. Not all year round. So their bodies potentially had time to detox from them. If carbs from natural sources aren't super bad for us, can we include them in our modern day nutrition? Sure, of course we can. They they carry other things, like I said earlier, they've got fibre in them. They do have the nutrients in them that our body can access. So eating real foods, whether it be carbohydrates or not, has got to be a good thing. It's the process of refining that hurts these foods. In most cases, processing them with oils, refining them with polyunsaturates. So let's talk about that for a moment. Oils and preservatives are added to most, if not all, processed foods. 
they contain vast amounts of linoleic acid, which is known as omega-6, especially in vegetable oils and rapeseed oils and palm oils. It is absolutely laced with them. So this is the thing that professionals believe that is harming us in our modern-day society. It's not necessarily the real food carbohydrates. It's the refining process. It's adding the oils and the preservatives that are really damaging to our bodies. Current studies believe that it's this linolenic acid, this omega-6 fatty acid, that is causing all the problems, as this binds to our fat cells, making them unable to be burnt properly by our body. It gives us a problem we cannot fix, and therefore our fat cells become hypertrophic or hyperplastic, which means they are to grow, either in number or in size. They're not able to burn properly. They're not able to be able to do the function they're meant to do because they are being laced with this linolenic acid. So needless to say, by reducing our intake of processed and refined carbs, we're lowering our intake of linolenic acid. Therefore, our fat burning abilities increases. There was very little, or if none, linolenic acid and omega-6 in our ancestors' nutrition. In fact, there was so little that our bodies have evolved to be able to make its own when needed. I guess at this point you're starting to think, okay, um, I want to avoid this, so what sort of foods should I be avoiding? What sort of foods has this, this oil and preservatives in it, linolenic acid, causing our bodies not to be able to burn fat? Well, most processed foods have it in them and we do not constantly want to eat and to get high levels of linolenic acid in our body. So it goes without saying that processed and refined foods should not feature in our optimum nutrition. Now, in the real world, what do these look like? Well, it's things, some things you may not actually realise are, are processed beyond all recognition. Things like breads. All breads usually have added oils and added preservatives. All you have to do is look at the back, look at the ingredients of your bread. I guarantee you it'll have some kind of oil, some kind of rapeseed oil or palm oil or soybean oil or something in there which triggers the linolenic acid. And it, is, it is bad, bad food. It is processed food. Pasta is processed. It's wheat. It's processed wheat. Wheat shouldn't be in the diet because it is very, very hard for our bodies to process wheat. Wheat has to be processed outside of the body for us to be able to consume it. So why process something outside of the body? If we cannot eat it and process it in our own body, then we should not be eating it. Processed potatoes such as crisps, chips and fries, they're all cooked in vegetable or similar seed oils that are high in linoleic acid. Potatoes themselves are not the best real food because of the high starch content. It's best to avoid starchy foods as they do have a high glucose content too. And the way they are processed in the body makes it hard for us to get to the nutrients uh, in these particular starchy foods. But potatoes as a whole food are much better than the processed equivalents. There's pies and pastries and savoury foods such as scones, cakes, sweets, 
and chocolate yes unfortunately chocolate is processed it very rarely has much cacao in there which is the good ingredient in chocolate is the cacao uh, you can actually find 85 90 percent cacao chocolate which has limited ingredients in there and this particular chocolate is much better for you than the dairy milk the milk chocolate um, it's the dark chocolate that's the one with the high cacao content the one that's really going to be better for you and then there's anything covered in batter usually because that is white flour and white flour is again processed food refined is not a natural thing you can find anywhere it has to be processed and refined before it reaches the body uh, cereals cereals are wheat a lot of people say oh yeah i need my cereal in the morning cereals wheat it's inflaming the body it's giving you a problem as soon as you start eating wheat and cereals and oats and grains they're all refined and all processed foods there's margarine margarine's one that in the past said oh you don't eat butter eat margarine it's good for you it's not good for you at all it's totally totally processed it's full of oils some have rapeseed oil, some have palm oil, some have sunflower oil. It is not good for you. It's full of linolenic acid, as we discussed before. Uh, also, things like low-fat produce, low-fat yogurts, uh, low-fat cheese. What's happened with the low-fat is they've taken everything that's good out of this natural food and piled into it all these preservatives and made it a product that is not natural at all made it a processed product so anything low fat it just means they've taken everything that was good in there out of it and then added sugar and oils and process processing also on the same lines uh, flavored products so like flavored yogurts tend to be more in the low fat category so they again have been processed and refined especially flavored ones with uh, fruit and these are, they'll, they'll say fruit puree on the side or with extra fruit juices. It doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean with extra fruit juices. What it means is it's got fructose in it. It means they've absolutely refined and processed all the fruit just to take out the good stuff and leave you with a fructose. And as we know from before, fructose is just pure sugar. So basically, it's anything in a packet. If you get a packet and you look at the back of it, it has usually got a list of ingredients. Now, that list of ingredients can be anything from 10 ingredients to hundreds of ingredients. The more ingredients, the more processed and the more refined it is. So as a basic rule, I usually say if you look at a packet or a packaging, it's got more than five ingredients in it, then it is too much of a processed food for a human body to be consuming. And it will more often than not contain some form of sugar. It'll either say sugar in it or dextrose or sucrose, you know, things like that. That uh, suggests sugar. Glucose syrup is, is a good one that a lot of them like to add to it, making it sound good. But it's really just processed sugar. So if you can start to limit these in your nutrition and, and then eventually remove them from your nutrition altogether... Your body will thank you in many ways. The first and most important being the way your body produces insulin and the way it uses insulin. Um, insulin is one of the major, major factors in all chronic diseases. And it, the more and more science that comes out and the more and more epidemiological studies and things that come out show that 
insulin, if we can control insulin in our bodies, then we are more likely not in the first place to get chronic diseases, but we are more likely to be able to recover from inflammatory conditions such as Crohn's disease or inflamed bowels or even your diabetes. A lot of people nowadays are said that they are pre-diabetic. What that means is they are highly insulin resistant. And if you are insulin resistant, then that starts you on a downward spiral towards all these diseases, all these inflammatory conditions. Really, one of the big things that people tend to overlook is fatigue. Fatigue is quite a big factor in insulin resistance. If you suffer a lot from fatigue, then insulin resistance could be the cause. So the opposite to insulin resistance is insulin sensitivity. And the more insulin sensitive we are, then the better we are able to cope with anything that uh, wants to be thrown at us. So in the next episode, episode three, it's quite a big subject, so we'll cover it in one episode, is insulin resistance and insulin sensitivity. What are they? What's the difference between them? And how can we adapt our diet to help us become more insulin sensitive rather than insulin resistant? Thank you for listening. I know that's been a long one, but carbohydrates is a bit of a long subject to cover. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope you've learned something and I hope there's something for you to take away. I know you're probably thinking, okay, so how am I going to do this? My cupboards are full of processed foods. I've got carbohydrates everywhere. How's this going to happen? How am I ever going to get to be an optimum human with the optimum human nutrition? Well, these things are not going to happen overnight. It's not a quick fix. If you really think about it, let's say you're 40 years old, you've had 40 years of eating the way you eat and having the nutrition you have and thinking the way you think. So to change that overnight is pretty drastic. And even in one to two weeks, it's, it's very hard work. So it's a process of just seeing what you can limit now, limit one thing today, limit one thing tomorrow and follow the path and eventually you'll be carbohydrate free, you'll be sugar free, you'll be a fat burning machine and you'll be able to have more sleep, more energy and are well on your way to avoiding all types of chronic disease and inflammation. So like again, I hope you found this podcast interesting and I hope you can found something to take away from it and I look forward to seeing you in episode three.